rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. Episode 23, The Rant. John Schroeder, servicing soccer, battles in basketball, and his eternal love of lacrosse. Although I met him through basketball, I learned in four quarters that John is an official's official. He has a wealth of knowledge and experience that includes championship games in soccer, high-level basketball, and his favorite sport, lacrosse. He discusses his battles in each sport and his interesting stories of conflicted interest. All that and more, my conversation with John now. We have a special guest today on Referee Rent. We have John Schroeder. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Ralph. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. So, you're, you're, you, to my understanding, you're recovering from surgery. What kind of surgery did you yeah, just have? Yeah, I had, I had foot surgery last Monday on my uh, foot. I had some torn tendons and ligaments in there that have been uh, exasperated by running on hardwood and running on the floors and teaching. Uh, I'm a phys ed teacher, so standing on a wood floor all the time. So I needed to get it cleaned up and fixed up. So I'm on the uh, road to recovery here at home. All right. Well, if if all of our listeners are on the road right now, just to let you know that we're not face-to-face. We're doing this on FaceTime. He's looking pretty happy. Um, so very happy. I got a great nurse here. Just a little background of uh, how I met John. We both had the pleasure of doing a Catholic League game in Long Island. It was uh, St. John the Baptist versus St. Anthony's. Um, and it was interesting because we'll get to this later. Of um, I, I think he recognized who I was, but he couldn't put a face and, and the context of which he knew me. But we will say um, that he's a basketball official in Ward 127 in Suffolk County. He's also a soccer official out in Suffolk, but he is also in NCLOA. He's a Nassau County lacrosse official. So... Um, I guess let's let's just talk a little bit about your background. How good were you in basketball and lacrosse, and how did you get into those things in the beginning, early on, when you were a kid? Well, I started playing um, basketball when I was in middle school. Like most sports back then, you really didn't have smaller youth leagues like we do now. So you really didn't play lacrosse, you didn't play soccer, you didn't play basketball until you were in seventh grade. And then you started playing middle school. And as I played in middle school, then you joined a couple CYOs as you get older and play that. You play a couple summer leagues with your school team. So I played throughout high school. Um, I went on to UMass. I played lacrosse at UMass. I was also recruited up there to play soccer, but realized uh, you can't play two two sports in college. you got to stick to one. So I uh, dumped the soccer after the first year and stuck strictly to lacrosse. And... Uh, Right now, I'm going on my 34th year of refereeing lacrosse. Amazing. So that transition from being a collegiate athlete and then all of a sudden officiating, what made you start officiating? How did, how did that even come about? That actually happened on the fields of uh, Kennyout Park in Hicksville. I was playing some league. I played some league every year. I was in high school and in college, and I got married, and I was still playing some league, and I got hurt. And... uh 
came home and I could barely lift my arm. I was bleeding with my tongue and my and I had a young son at home and my wife was like, this is it. This is enough. We we can't afford you to get hurt because you got to go to work. So I said, I love the game. I still want to be involved in the game. I still want to be part of it. What can I do? Let me go to the refereeing racks. So I looked it up. I took the class. I joined it. I worked with a lot of guys that used to referee my games. They were all my mentors, uh, the Al Blaus, the Yeti Shrivers, uh, way back when, when they were young guys in the association. And I looked up to them, and it's been full throttle ever since. I got a uh, closet full of referee clothes, as you can see. Right, and I'll just say that I've been part of NCLOA. I think, bar none, it is the best association that I'm involved with, and I do 10 sports, so... I have nothing but high praise for NCLOA. And it's interesting to hear that people like such as yourself and Eddie Schreiber to think that they were once young people because they just look like um, old owls when I go to these meetings. They they were icons back then. I believe it. George, George Getz used to have a big handlebar mustache. Al Blau, you know, and he was bald and he never wore a hat. Al Blau had a big handlebar mustache too. People that had distinctive qualities and the way they called the game and the way they looked that you knew when you got there, they were in charge and they were the man. And those were people that you looked up to. That, that's interesting that you said, um, your wife said that you couldn't afford to get hurt. So that's how you transitioned to making it to be affordable to be on the field because now this is your first time instead of being an amateur and playing for free. Now you're monetizing the love of, of, of sport. So um, what I did want to ask you is, was it a difficult transition from being um, a player and then transitioning all the way to a ref? Were you missing the game initially? And was it hard to learn the rules and the feel? Because you probably played with a certain physicality, um, and it might have um, persuaded your judgment in the beginning. That, that's a great question. The first game, I, you know, of course I missed it, but I was really eager and I wanted to learn and I wanted to get out there and and really show that I knew a lot about the game. And I went to the first couple meetings, and they were talking technicality of rules. And I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, this is not the way that we play. They don't call it that way when we play. And then I got on the field. The first time I ever got on the field, uh, I was with Mike Labris, who's another NCLOA rep. And we did our first game. I never forget, I was at Holy Trinity High School, and I'm running end line to end line. And he says, John, hold it. We have a lead and a trail. You don't have to go in line to end line. You don't have to impress anyone. So you were still being a player. I, I was being a player hmm. because I wanted to run and I wanted to be so involved that I didn't want to miss anything that I had to take a step back and learn that, you know, it's different boundaries now. You're looking at the game totally different as a referee than you are as a player. Right. So obviously lacrosse is your passion. How far have you elevated to the lacrosse I've done I've done college games. I've done college club. Uh, I've done high level summer leagues. I've done men's leagues. I've done kindergarten games. I've uh, I've worked in uh, lacrosse camps, coaching. Um, I've kind of hit the gamut on all of them. I've done all kinds of levels. Um, I love the high school game. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, the talent in Nassau County is great. And our association, like you said before, is an awesome association. I completely agree. Um, so it's it's safe to say that if, if you had to rank the things that you do, lacrosse, basketball, and soccer, number one by far is lacrosse? Lacrosse would be number one. Absolutely. Uh, the camaraderie, uh, the fellas that we all work with, you know, on a week-in, week-out basis during the season, during the summer, 
going to tournaments, working all year long. These are some of the best relationships. These are people I talk to all the time, and not always about lacrosse, just about things in general. And after yesterday's football game and all the controversial calls, mm. you know, we were talking about refereeing from a refereeing standpoint. Um, and I don't even referee football, but we just put it all into context because we're all referees. Right, and and I will say that there's a huge crossover between lacrosse and football uh, in the the marriage of the two. Most of the time, they're kind of one and the same, and a lot of the same people that are in NCLOA are in the Football Association in Nassau County. I don't know how it is in Suffolk, but I'm pretty sure it's the same. Yeah, there's a handful of them. There's also, you know, a good mix. There's basketball guys. There's soccer guys that do both. Um, I don't know many guys that do all three, to be honest with you. I do all um, three, but I'm inactive in football, and I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm, I'm going to be proud to say that John is going to help me elevate lacrosse this year because um, I've, I, hope I, so. I haven't nurtured it as much as I should have, like basketball. Um, I guess my trajectory in, in basketball is I'll probably be a college official pretty soon. But I think it's time to elevate in lacrosse, and I think that's one of my goals in 2019. So I told you, Ralph, I got you back. So Sounds good. It's all good. Um, we'll talk about a little bit how your DNA is all about in, in lacrosse as your son is, what, the director of uh, University of University of Maryland? Yes. Uh, my son, Zach, played lacrosse at the Naval Academy. He's now the director of lacrosse operations at the University of Maryland, where he's been for two years. Uh, my other, my younger son, Brendan, uh, played at UMass. He coached at VMI for a year. He coached two years at Lynn University in Boca Raton, and now he's coaching defense at LIU Post. So we, we do have some strong lacrosse ties. Um, my, other, my older son, Nick, has been a referee uh, in Suffolk for 15 years. And my other sons have ref you know, tournaments and things on the side and gone and worked at camp counselors. So we all have a, a deep hand in lacrosse. Lacrosse kind of revolves in the family. DNA is definitely in your family when it comes to lacrosse. Now, was it, tough, was it a tough sell to... Uh, encourage them to officiate, or do you think they gravitated towards coaching more so? Um, well, they started as they started. They all started as officials. They all started working. They were doing the uh, the PAL games as a way to learn the game a little more in high school, but also make a few dollars on the side. Because hmm. every Sunday they had a chance to rep two or three games, work with the season official. Uh, sometimes they had the opportunity to work with me. And uh, we wow. we had our share of arguments and uh, differences and everything else, you know, as to who was right and who's in charge. But uh, it was a great bonding experience. And they really uh, picked up the game and learned the game a lot better by being a referee and seeing it from the other side. Now, you know, do you... It's a, different, it's a different thing when you're a referee and then you're a player and then you have to transition from one to the other back and forth. That's interesting because if if, let's say... Okay, so my son... He's only seen me be a referee. He's never seen me play basketball back in the day or anything like that. Do you find it that if you had a kid that has no officials or has no connection to any officials um, for a 16-year-old kid and then you just saw them on the street and said, hey, refereeing is a good way to make side money or learn the game, you think that would be a much tougher sell as opposed to them seeing daddy ref all the time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's having a feel for a game. If you... If you stuck me out right now uh, to referee a field hockey game, I really have no concept of the game. I know, obviously, they're trying to get the ball and the goal and everything else. But a concept and a flow and the rules and everything else, same thing with girls across. I've watched girls across 
a million times, and I still don't understand the rules and, you know, the the complexity of it and the amount of whistles and something like So dragging a kid off the street who's never played lacrosse and never did anything like that, it's a little tougher selling. It's a little harder for them to work. Don't get me wrong. Some kids can transition it and they can pick it up, but for the majority, they're not going to be able to do that without having a feel and playing for the game. Hmm. Okay, so how did you even get into soccer? And I remember it was interesting because when we were doing our pregame, um, doing our basketball game, and you were saying you did county finals for, for soccer. I'm like, who is this guy? How come I don't want to know this guy? I played soccer in high school. I, I played all through middle school and high school. Then I was recruited. I went up to UMass to play soccer and realized, like I said, you can't play two sports. So I was very familiar with the game. And again, when I got out of um, college and I got married at a young age, I got married at 24 and started having kids right away. I started repping soccer and then, you know, having a family and having three boys uh, got got in the way a little. And I had to be a parent first and then be a referee second. So I stuck with the lacrosse and kind of put the soccer on the back back burner. But as the kids all moved on and got older and went away to school and now I'm sitting around, I said, this is a great way to exercise. This is a great way to get back into the game and uh, be part of it. So here I was back into soccer and then Next thing you know, the same thing happened with basketball. I'm sitting around through January and February watching basketball at night when I could be out exercising, running, being a part of it, and uh, brushing up on my rules. So it was jump back in the fire and let's keep busy. Now, did you have the same connection growing up playing basketball as you did with lacrosse and soccer, or not so much? Not so much. I went I went to the basketball class, and again, I was, you know, being a basketball referee, Ralph, the, the rules are overwhelming. Yes. There is so many situational calls and so many different things that probably will never happen in your lifetime, but you have to be ready for it. And to sit there and to listen to all these and then, you know, pass the test and be part of it and and learn it. Uh, Basketball was a totally different eye-opener for me. Not so much as soccer and lacrosse where it kind of just flows and you have that feel for the game. Basketball, you always had to worry about these things in the back of your mind that might happen and you have to be prepared for it. Despite having the intimate familiarity of soccer and lacrosse, do you find out of all three sports that you do do, do you find basketball to be the most challenging out of all three of them? The difference with basketball is um, you really have to use your judgment more than anything else. I mean, people look at them, you go watch a basketball game, and if you don't watch the game and you just watch the fans and stands and watch their reaction, they can yell for every play. They want to foul. They want to travel. They want to, you know, they want something called. And as a basketball referee, you have to decide, what are we going to call? What are we not going to call? What are we going to allow? Do we want to get some flow going to this game? Because we can all sit there and apply every rule in the book to every play and we could be there and play a three-hour basketball game or we could try to get some flow and interpret the game and let the players play and we kind of take a step back and call the obvious stuff right so just from my own personal experience since i do soccer and lacrosse we'll just focus on lacrosse in terms of basketball i find that basketball is is very absolute if the guy travels boom you put your hand up as a violation you, you do your signal for a traveling call, then you show them the spot, and then you go the other way. But lacrosse, it's like there's an offsides, but it could be correctable, so you have to hold your whistle, and that's why they promote you to have a finger whistle, and there's no finger whistle in basketball. So Lacrosse, 
lacrosse has a lot more moving parts and a lot more scenarios. Um, and a perfect example is if you go through the season with the associations, the basketball association, I belong to board 127, we have four meetings the entire year. And basically, they're not sitting there going over situation after situation after situation because it's pretty cut and dry. In lacrosse, because you have 20 guys out there, you have offsides, you have a crease, you have, you know, goal violations. There's a lot more moving parts. You have penalties. You have man up, man down. There's a lot more moving parts to the game in lacrosse than there is in basketball. So there's a lot more situations that have to be covered and you have to be prepared for. So lacrosse is a little more complex on the rules side. Their basketball is kind of cut and dry. You know, like you said, you have a travel, you're going the other way, and it's bang, you go. You know, you, you blow the whistle and you go in the other way. Okay, so and basically what, what you're saying is that basketball is more black and white and lacrosse is much more gray. I would say so, yes. And I, and I think lacrosse just has more flow to it. You know, you're not, when you have a team bringing the ball down the, down the field versus basketball, you could have a full-court press on. And lacrosse, they got to kind of lay back a little and let the team clear it and bring it down. There's not always one guy playing the guy where you got to worry about is it a foul or not. Of course, when you get a guy driving to the goal, you got to decide is he being held, is he being slashed, is he warding off, all those things. But in basketball, you know, that happens on every play. In lacrosse, that doesn't happen on every play. Hmm. Okay, so if, if I was an 18-year-old, and I heard that you're an official, and I heard you kind of over-speaking in the, in the crowd in that game that we did. And I said, hey, I want to be official. What, would you, what advice would you give? Like, would you say to do all three of what you're doing, or would you kind of steer them into a specific sport to start out? I would, I would, I would suggest for someone to referee a sport that they have played before and they're familiar with. You know, go back to my field hockey example and girls lacrosse. Because I never played it, I really have no feel for the game at all. Besides, you know, just trying to use common sense and read the rule book and everything else. But you know, as well, doing all the sports, you have a much better feel for the game if you have played the game. And you know what it's like to be a player and you know what situations are like. So I would recommend if someone was going into refereeing that you got to jump on a sport that you've played before and you have a good feel for it. Not saying that someone can't learn the game, but you'll do much better and you'll have you'll feel more successful refereeing the game that you're familiar with. Okay, so now that you have been very deep in your officiating career, what do you want to get out of it um, moving forward with every sport that you do? I just enjoy being a part of it. Um, you know, I love watching kids play and being a part of the whole situation. Um, I don't need to go on and, and referee college and move on to a next level. I'm very happy where I am refereeing. I like to try to get better every game. I'll look and watch film, uh, watch basketball games, college games, and say, oh, I should have done that in my game or I learned something. So I think the biggest thing that I have right now is always being a student of the game. And uh, I go and watch tons of games all over the place besides being involved in them. And you want to make sure that you're always getting better and staying on top of your game. You know, I'd love to keep reffing for another 10, 15 years. I don't know if it's possible, but I'd love to, to give it a whirl and see what happens. Mm. Okay, so we'll get into the story of what we were speaking about before. I remember at halftime you were telling me that you knew me from something. So 
What did you know me from? So my wife uh, is involved in the volleyball team at St. Anthony's. And uh, I recognized you from the volleyball team at Kellenberg since I've seen you guys. My wife has been with the St. Anthony's volleyball team for 10 years. So I know you guys have done battle many times and championships. So I recognized you right away, but I, I didn't want to say anything because um, my kids went to St. Anthony's and I know you were a Kellenberg guy and right. you had St. Anthony's playing that day. And you were kind of on the St. Anthony's bash bandwagon telling me you hate them. So I figured if I told you before the game that I was involved in St. Anthony's, you'd probably hate me too by the time we got to halftime. So I figured we'd wait till after the game, and then I would finally let you know that little uh, fun fact about me. Right. When I say anything evil towards St. Anthony's, it comes from a form of mutual respect. Trust Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I would never say anything bad about Kellenberg. And I have really nothing bad to say about St. Anthony's because I feel like we're um, two sides of the same coin. Well, you know what? We both look at it this way, Ralph. We're both out there refereeing really with no allegiance to anyone. And if that is the biggest point in refereeing that, you know, if you can emphasize to anyone younger and getting involved <coughs> in it, you know, you have no allegiance to a team. You have no allegiance to the situation. You are there to do a job and you're there to call it in the best of your knowledge at the time. And that's the way you want to get it right. That's the only thing that you want to do is you want to get the call right. So it's not you're rooting for this team, you're rooting for that team. The score is this, the score is that. You got to call it zero zero, first minute, last minute, all the time. Right. And the only reason why I recuse myself of any type of Kellenberg games is because a lot of the girls that I have on my volleyball team play on the girls' basketball team, which Absolutely. is obviously a and no-no. That's an ethics thing, and I totally understand that. And, you know, I, I do the lower-level uh, St. Anthony's games that I've done, and my kids have been out of there for 10, 15 years. Right. So the people who assign the games know I'm calling it from a refereeing standpoint. I have no allegiance to them at all. Right, and, and, and to your you point, know, as, as much as I have allegiance to Kellenberg, I will be doing baseball games for them this year, but... They're not the girls. It's not basketball. It's the completely different context where I won't have to. I could put aside my allegiance of the school that I went to and just officiate the game. Sure, black and white. But um, I know that we were discussing after the game, uh, the basketball game that we had, of those interesting stories that you had, where you had um, a couple of times where you had to ref your own kids. Discuss those 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 stories with us. Yeah. I really didn't want to do it on purpose, but it kind of sometimes things come up and you have to help people out in the jam. So it was my son, uh, my son Nick, senior year in high school. They're playing Greenwich, Connecticut. They're playing on a Sunday afternoon at St. Anthony's. And uh, at the last minute, the coach calls me at home and says, unfortunately, they never scheduled refs for today's game. I need you to to be a referee today, not a parent, but be, to, <laughs> be a referee. He's like, my guys aren't going to say a word. And I, I coached all those kids way back when in the PAL. So he said, my guys won't say a word. He goes, you're just going to go out and referee. And, you know, you're going to bail us out of a bad situation right now because we need referees on a Sunday afternoon. So I go up there with another parent who also was a St. Anthony's parent who was a, a little more inexperienced official than myself. And we're refing and, uh, the game's going on back and forth, and uh, as my son's running up the field, he cracks this guy over the head, and I'm about 45 yards, 50 yards away from him. He slams his kid over the head with the stick, and my partner does not 
throw the flag. So I do. And my son was livid, livid. And, I mean, everyone in the stand saw it. Everyone saw it. It was an obvious slash. So after the game, he was like, I get, you know, and he still brings it up to the date. I can't believe you called the slash on me. And I'm like, you almost gave the guy a concussion and split his helmet in half. So I don't even know why we're discussing that. Now, do you think he's but, saying that as a the son of you, or do you think he's saying that as the referee on that game? <laughs> no, he's saying he's the son of me. He's like, you made the call against me, you know. You were out to get me, and I'm like, Nick, everyone saw it. It was uh, pretty cut and dry. Hmm. So. And you had that other story when you didn't even have your uniform, and they forced your hand and made you <laughs> officiate. So I get down. My son, my son Zach, was at the Naval Academy. He's a freshman. Uh, he's a plebe, actually. Let's talk military terms. So okay. the plebes would always play before the, the varsity did when they started because they were bringing them up with their whole regiment and orientation. So I went down. I worked at Naval Lacrosse Camp for a couple of years. So the coaches knew me there. So the plebes are playing uh, Virginia. We're playing Virginia, and it's the last weekend in January. It's freezing out. And I get there uh, right before the game, and the plebes are going to play. And one of the coaches comes up in the stands to find me, and he's like, we don't have refs to ref the plebes. I need you to ref. And I'm there in blue jeans. I have work boots on. I have, like, five layers on. And I'm like, listen, I don't have my stuff. He's like, no excuses. And I'm like, you know, I don't even have a whistle. He rips the whistle off his keychain. He says, here's my whistle. Now you have a whistle. There's really no excuse. So here I was out refing, uh, refing the college game between Navy and Virginia, uh, the freshmen, the plebes, and my son was playing. He didn't realize it was me until he heard my voice yelling as I threw, threw him that we had a penalty. And he ran by the field, and he, he said something to me, and I said, one more word out of you, son. You'll be on the sideline the rest of the game. <laughs> so we had, a, we had a little laugh about it, but... Uh, yeah, I, I've gotten thrust into situations that I really didn't want to be, but I had to step up and just do it. And uh, it makes good memories anyway. You have any other final uh, good story that you have? Um, if you had one coup de, gra- coup de gras, excellent, magnificent story of, of you refing after over all these years. Okay. So I was, in, I was probably in the association. Uh, it was my second year. We're talking lacrosse? We're talking lacrosse. Okay. My second year, and um, my wife was due with my uh, second son. So okay. I'm doing a uh, junior high game down in Limbrook, and she we lived around the corner, so she wheeled down to the game to watch me with the wonderful roll, and she was due any day. And I'm wrapping this game. It was Limbrook and North Shore Middle School, and I'm working with Sam Dominic, and I see my wife bent over right before halftime. And... I went over there. I said, everything okay? She says, I think I'm going into labor. Oh, my God. So, Limbrook's up by about 10 goals, and they got young kids keeping the clock at the table. So, Sam goes over and says to the timekeeper, you guys are doing a great job. We're going to keep the time in the second half. So, we played about a 15-minute second half. I went running out of there, and my son was born that night. And no one said a word, and they all took care of it. But, uh, yeah, there's a... A different kind of story from the uh, the lacrosse field. Wow! So that's it, that, truly, truly. There's DNA in in your kids of yeah, lacrosse. That's it. I mean, it's 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 definitely meant to be, and and that's such a great thing. You're a you're a great ambassador to the game. Uh, you're in a great association to to really uh, share that 
all that knowledge. And, and I hope that um, I can grow with you and you can help me as much as you can because you have such great wisdom when it comes to lacrosse. Um, you know, I just sometimes I feel completely lost, but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do a solid to you and, and make sure that I make you proud and uh, well, do well you know lacrosse. I'm there for you, Ralph, so. Cool. You do a great job on the basketball court, and you're a you know, total professional, and that's all we can ask our guys to do in any sport. You know, any association ask. Be a total professional out there to the fans, to the players, to yourself, to your partner, you know, because you know as well as I do when you get out there, you have no friends there. No. No one's ever come, no one comes to watch the referees. No. My does never comes to watch me referee, you know that. I know. Your only your only friend is your partner, so you got to be true to your partner because yeah. that's that's the most important thing. And I always say we're either invisible or we did a bad job. It's never uh, in between. <laughs> it's either invisible we'll get, or we did a bad job. We'll get a hundred different opinions from the crowd, but that's okay. Any final parting words for anyone um, that wants to be an official and is kind of nervous about it? I'd say you got to dip your toe in the water and give it a try. Um, you know, if you're nervous about it, that's fine. People are nervous about anything. You get a new job and you start tomorrow, you're going to be nervous walking in the door of that mm. new job. So nothing different other um, than with a new job. Yep, you go you go buy a new car, you're going to be nervous about buying a new car. You go buy a new house, you're going to be nervous about living in the neighborhood. You know, you got to give it a try and you got to give it a season or two. You can't just, you know, one game doesn't make you. You go out and you have a, a first great game or a terrible first game. Don't let it define you. Don't let it, you know, own you. Um, you got to stick with it, and you got, you know, you're gonna, and you know as well as I do, you're gonna have your ups and downs, your highs and lows. You're gonna have great games. You're gonna have horrible games, but you got to stick with it and just ride the course. So, for anyone who wants to get out there and do it, I, I say you got to go in 100% gung ho, but at the same time, you have to have an open mind and just go with the flow and be a sponge. Learn from everyone around you. Learn from the guys you work with. You know, go and listen, go and watch, and uh, try to get better every day because that's what I try to do too, just get better every day. Great. Hey, John, I thank you for your time. Um, I appreciate your camaraderie and your friendship, and hopefully um, I'll do you proud in lacrosse, man. Ralph, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. Okay, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant, and we're signing out. See you next time.